0: welcome to the locals only lounge i'm your host andrew dyer back at you if you are hearing my voice uh and you're listening to this on wednesday uh, and you have not listened to the uh loyal locals podcast you are listening to them in the wrong order uh pause this episode go back and listen to the main show where we're going to hit all the information that you need to know uh the uh upcoming games uh for the uh supporter group but if you've already heard that and you're ready to kick back and have a freeling discussion about the most interesting uh, topics uh, of the evening, uh, you're in the right spot. Uh, joined again by uh, producer John Cross. John, hello again.
1: How are you doing? Happy to Great. talk a little, uh, a little more about soccer
0: here. I think we're going to talk some soccer. We're going to talk some soccer TV shows. Talker maybe some tv shows star wars oh my gosh it, we're getting into <laughs> it and um our our guest uh, ken garden ken closer
2: how are you doing my friend i am uh, i'm drinking right now a whiskey that is distilled from Shinerbach in honor of you cuz oh. i know that you're from texas and barbecue oh, wow. how can you not love Shinerbach? Schinerbach is like one of those beers that is just unfuckable with it just every time hits perfectly.
0: You know, when I was uh, underage drinking, that was like the beer that like I thought was like craft beer. Like that was what like was craft beer to us is like if if you had Shiner instead of like Bud or or, or Miller, like right? Oh, oh, you you're sophistic. You've got sophisticated beer taste man wow you you had six dollars for that six pack that's incredible <laughs> uh yes, it was always a little bit more than your your buds and your your miller lights and stuff um i'm just drinking water i'm trying to get over some crud and decided to stick with water for for now
1: <laughs> water as
0: well over here Wow. This this show has come a long way. I've got to say yeah. uh the 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 lounge because there was a time when this was a uh it it things could get pretty uh pretty wild in here uh as the hours went on. I think now we try to keep things a little bit under control. Um but I I, I do want to talk about all of this stuff, but first uh Ken had promised to explain his Twitter handle on the previous show. And so we're going we're gonna to hold him to that and make sure uh, we get the skinny on the Red the Trucker name. Ken, what's up with your handle, man?
2: All right. So Red the Trucker is a character from The Simpsons, and I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons. He appears in one episode. His name is Red Barkley, and he is a trucker. Shocking. And uh, he dies. He dies because he eats too much meat. Now, the irony of myself being a pescatarian who drives a hybrid vehicle, I went on the Simpsons message board, and I was trying to think of what would be a funny name to uh, put myself out there as, and it's kind of stuck. And now it's uh, my handle on Instagram and Twitter, and it's just kind of a fun thing to talk about, or a character that basically is no longer with us.
1: (laughs) But you are still with us.
2: Well, thankfully, uh, yeah. Red the Trucker lives in spirit through me. And no, it's it's actually funny because uh, early on in Twitter, I was getting a lot of truckers that were following me. I'm like, um, just so you know, I'm not actually a trucker or a participant in meat-eating contests.
0: you get a lot of uh, Simpsons <laughs> people following you, like Simpsons I fans? I do.
2: And one of the things I do pride myself is that I've never pretended to, like, there, there's like a Moses Lack and a Homer Simpson. And I've never pretended to be that character. I've always been Ken Garden. So I, I've never tried to do like pass myself off as that character. And so anytime that episode airs like in syndication, a lot of people like will message me. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, honestly, this is not even my favorite episode of The Simpsons. It was the episode that was on before I chose my screen name. And <laughs> it's probably kind of a mid episode, to be honest with you. It's
0: Where the- is it in the season? Because there's like 30 seasons, right? <laughs> It's, so is it in it, the good it, half or the bad half? The
2: bad, bad halves, unfortunately. But it's actually a pretty fun episode. It's called uh, Maximum Homer Drive, and uh, you know, obviously Homer has to take over the uh, trucking route um, after Red passes away. So he and and Bart go on an adventure. And again, it's it's a pretty mediocre episode. Like it's not, you know, you only move twice with Hank Scorpio. It's not any of like the the classic episodes. But again, it's one of those ones that it just, it just spoke to me that like the irony of me not being that character. So it kind of was one of those kind of fun things and it's just, it stuck. And so now it's like, well, I can't really change my screen name because like, that's what everybody knows me as.
1: How, how often do people recognize it? Because I'm not a huge Simpsons fan, you know, not knowing the canon and haven't watched, you know, 30 seasons of the Simpsons. Yeah.
2: So I, I do have the Simpsons avatar in in you know to for a display and everything else like that. So uh, every now and then somebody's like, "Oh yeah, there's a the one episode, right? The one where uh, he's mistaken for Tony Randall, uh, who apparently also uh, uh, competed in the in the meat eating challenge and uh, and has his picture up in the wall as well." So it's kind of one of those things where uh, it's a really deep cut. It's not like a very popular character. It's not a character that's appeared obviously more than once, um, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So
0: I know we've got uh, some soccer shows to talk about. I want to start with Wrexham um, if we can, John, because Wrexham had quite a week uh, and quite a highlight moment. Uh, this is their version of the open cup.
1: Well, actually, this this was their
0: league match. But oh, this there. was a league match. I thought this was a cup match.
1: No, this was. It, well, first of all, I want to ask. So, so Andrew, I'm guessing you didn't watch it. Ken, did you happen to watch the match at all?
2: I didn't know. I, I just saw the highlight. Yeah, I, I I saw it on Twitter. I saw obviously a lot of reaction to it. Um, it it started trending as well. Um, I've kind of not paid too close of attention. Uh. I, so I consider myself a Wrexham fan in that I like the show and I kind of want to see it unfold on the show. But I also know right. the no way that I can like hide myself and block all things Wrexham, especially as a soccer fan. That I'm going to see that in my timeline. I'm going to see that uh, as long as I'm following them. And again, it, like it was a very enjoyable show, and I really enjoyed uh, how it talked about you know building the community and like it a lot of it kind of felt a lot of uh, similar to like your soccer shorts and like kind of felt like this is what I want the loyal to be I want us to have a pub at our stadium and I want to be able to you know march with the locals into the stadium you know uh that close and uh, I want to kick out all the hooligans (laughs) and I I, like again it was like it 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 very much felt like uh, a little bit of european soccer for dummies but in a good way like i didn't want it like right it it felt like a a good primer so like somebody that maybe didn't watch lower division soccer before um that they were able to kind of see okay i understand now like i'm a huge eagles fan and that feeling of you know camaraderie having that with the entire town of wrexham you know i can understand that now you know coming from philadelphia
0: you know it's wow. it's funny i th- i think I should say right now that uh this the rest of this podcast this episode will have season two spoilers for welcome to Wrexham. uh season two is not out yet it thinks it probably i think it'll probably come out this summer, maybe around when they have their match here against Manchester <laughs> united that might be kind of a uh timing yeah. thing yeah, yeah. uh a little convenient timing there so uh spoiler alert uh you're now warned. I'm sorry, right. John. I and interrupted I... you.
1: No, no, that's fine. That's a good spoiler alert warning. Um, I kind of, as Ken alluded to, with my doing of soccer shorts before and other things that I like doing with video production, I have been, you know, fascinated by the show because it it ties in a couple of different things. It's it's a documentary, but it's about other people kind of learning about the history and the culture of soccer. And I, I love all things about the beautiful game. So I have been fascinated about it from a storytelling standpoint. I can't say I'm a a fan of Wrexham or anything, but I am always intrigued. And especially this season, I have been, I am one of the millions of Americans, maybe not millions, but who have been, keeping tabs on what's going on. I have them in my folk mob app, so I just kind of see, well, where are they in the table? Because in my mind, I'm also thinking, how would I craft this as a story, or is where are their story elements, or what's going to happen? And this last Saturday was, was a huge match at the top of the table. Um, Wrexham and Knott's County were both at 100 points, and they were playing at Wrexham. And Rexham has a game in hand, but this was huge. They're with only less like I think Knotts County has three games left now, and Wrexham has four games. But this, you know, could decide who wins the league and whoever wins the league, or or at least puts someone in in, you know, good position here heading into the final few matches of the season. Um It really gives them control so that this was I had this kind of marked on my calendar for a very long time, you know, probably since before Christmas, looking at how these two teams were doing in the league. And again, thinking about it from a storytelling standpoint. So I know in Discord, a bunch of people were talking about how to watch the game. Some people wanted to get in and just kind of see. Um, And it was it was I I don't know what the code it was. 995 and pounds, so I'm not sure what the conversion rate was. And I figured I don't care. Like that's that's a beer at Torero, you know. Like mm-hmm. I, I I was curious to see how this game would play out between these two league leaders. And um I don't wanna I, I maybe I'll leave it there and be a little spoiler free that to not give the outcome, but it was it was a crazy outcome. I mean, it is the stuff like you would say you couldn't write this kind of thing. So it was a crazy kind of outcome that they have. But I actually, Andrew, I'll let you add anything if you want. But then I think I want to bring up um, what you shared with me, Rob McElhaney. Sure,
0: sure. Well, I, I feel like we're going to... This is not a, a TV pod, it's a soccer pod. So I feel like I want to spoil it because I do want to talk about the drama a little bit. So sure. once I have everybody's blessing. So there was a, a penalty in the dying embers of the match uh, against Wrexham and their goalkeeper uh, guessed right and dove and, and saved the penalty uh, to preserve their win and put them three points in, ahead. And of the time. <laughs> so uh, this was just incredible. And you see the camera, go and uh there's rob and uh and deadpool they're both there um it's it's going crazy and uh the reaction that i saw on twitter um you know partly because of who i follow on twitter was like this could never happen in in america because we don't have pro rail we don't have this here we don't have that that those stakes in our lower division soccer um but over there they do, and that save just meant the world, and it was incredible to watch that reaction.
1: Yeah, it's it is and I was thinking the same thing. And I was, you know, I always ask myself why why am I following this a little bit? Because it's a team. People always ask me, "Do you have a Premier League team you follow?" And I say no, because it's you know seven eight thousand miles away. I I follow my local team, but I have found myself following kind of loosely, but then intently this last, well, not weekend, it was yesterday morning um, and watching this match, and partly for the drama. And I know some people would say, well, we have league races between two teams, and you know, okay, so they're going to win the league, you know, or they're in good position. that I mean, it's not done, right? And there's still tough games coming up. So um, still things could happen, but at least between these two teams that are at top of the table, it's it, there's some separation there right now between the two of them. So Wrexham has full control right now, unless they, mm-hmm. they totally blow it, which, you know, it, the stakes are different. And talking about that penalty kick and saving it, only one team in the National League is guaranteed automatic promotion. Everybody else goes into a playoff, and that's what happened with Wrexham last year, is they had to go in the playoff and they lost. They lost the first when, when they got their first match of the playoff at home, they lost, right? So they didn't even make it far enough. Like they didn't get to Wembley. They didn't, you know, they right. didn't make the, the the playoffs at all. So this this save was with them being up by one and have if they would have drawn the match, it would have had completely different implications. Mm-hmm. And the implications are huge. Do you get that guaranteed promotion spot or do you have to go in the playoff? And both these teams are like, I don't know. It's something ridiculous. They're 25 points ahead of the third place team. It's been these two teams all season long. And it—it it is, the stakes are so much higher. It's not just winning the title. It's winning the title and, and moving up.
0: And you know what they're doing? And this is what makes the, the reality show compelling, especially for like soccer fans is that, they're doing what we all do in fifa like when we play fifa like i feel like everybody <laughs> right. does this right you pick some team in the bottom of the english pyramid and you you play them up you 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 play a few seasons and you get to the premier league and then you win the premier league and you win champions league and you're like wow i wish you know b- because we're all poor like relatively speaking that's a, that's that's that's, a, that's where it ends but you right. know these guys are doing it in real life. And we're getting to see that we're getting to see that through them because their goal is to get to the premier league. Like they want to bring Wrexham into the premier league. And and this is their long-term project. And uh, when you look at uh, the kind of the star power that they bring, uh, you said it was 10 bucks to stream this match. I bet there were American eyeballs on this match that would never in a million years be on a national league league match. Exactly. Um, and um, I sent you uh, Rob McElhinney, the one of the owners of Wrexham, the guy from yeah. Always Sunny, uh, tweeted this out today. Uh, now, this is just metrics from Twitter, but if you look at the Twitter mentions, there were more mentions of this Wrexham match than there was against the Liverpool Arsenal match. Um, and the total Twitter views, uh, by far, Wrexham had uh more views. They had 10 million uh, compared to Arsenal's uh, 3 million and, and, and 2 million from Liverpool. So uh just uh, the eyes on this team, the star power that they bring, you know, eventually that's going to translate into dollars and in, in football dollars means W's.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm going to take it the other way. So I am a long suffering Everton supporter for a very long time.
0: Oh, are and, they going to the they're going down to the championship? <laughs>
2: they are currently above relegation. Oh. But I would say last season when they were in a relegation battle, I was more invested in watching them because for the most part, most of the time I've been a fan of theirs. They've been middle middle of the table. You know, sometimes they'd be kind of creep up to the, like sixes and sevens and then something would happen the bottom fall out, and then here we are uh, you know, 12th. Um, so it was kind of nice to like be able to like I would get up at four in the morning to watch them play Chelsea and, to, you know, sometimes get a draw or whatever it took to keep them above that line. And I cannot tell you the satisfaction sitting in my office. My boss is facing me in a meeting and the, they score that goal to basically keep them up in Premier League. And I jumped out of my chair. I screamed. <laughs> My boss was like, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "We're up," and that's all he needed. He knew right there, then and there. And so, like, I can see why Wrexham is so popular because, again, this is a long suffering. This is my people. I'm Welsh, so these these are my people that they've basically been watching this team and just you know not having any success and staying at the very bottom of this of this unfortunate pyramid. And so, I can only under what that that joy of them being able to move up i mean knocking on wood hoping that everything works their way um the fact that they're going to take a us tour that they're going to play here in san diego against manchester united like that's that's like the dallas cowboys of you know of you know the premier league like that's the i think cowboys tickets are cheaper <laughs> <laughs> at this point <laughs> but like they are like the brand name that like everybody knows manchester united uh-huh. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like it's awesome to see that story coming to fruition, and again they spend a ton of money, and obviously like TikTok is their you know kit sponsors, and all these like, you know, like money is being infused into the club, you know, obviously because the owners have money um, and so it feels a little bit weird, and so I'm trying to not consider it a reality show like you mentioned, but like try to like what would it be like if, you know, uh, a, a billionaire came to San Diego and wanted to promote the loyal into MLS? What if, what
0: if the owner of the Padres all of a sudden spent started spending their money on good players? What would happen if, if that? <laughs> that's kind of what uh, what it is, right? Dare to dream. Yeah. Dare to dream. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Yeah, I I am looking forward to uh, both that match at at Snapdragon uh, and, of course, season two of Welcome to Wrexham.
2: And I hope they do uh, get promoted. But um, I think we wanted to actually a big announcement this week uh, that there's going to be a Gold Cup match at Snapdragon in July, which is pretty exciting. Um, Obviously, the draw happens this Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to get. I'm trying not to think about that until we know who's coming. Because of course, it's, it's great. But if it's like, if it's not like U.S. or Mexico, like, eh, not too. Well,
1: the, the rumor is it's a semifinal match. We'll we'll find out what it really is once right. they do Which the draw. But that that's would been feel, the rumor.
2: I would. I would feel like the semifinal would probably include one of those two teams. I would think so. Yeah.
1: Well, assuming they make it right, right? But yes, I'm sure. I and I would. My Man. gut would tell me it's probably going to be what they think would be the Mexico side of the bracket because they'll arrange the Gold Cup to try to make a U.S. Mexico matchup
0: final, right? I mean,
1: they do it every time because that's the big money maker. So, I if was, both those teams, that win, stadium
0: is not big they they enough for do. that to be. I that was, was going to
2: say, like, I hope we get that pre sale for the loyal because, like, well, yeah. but that would be for the
1: final. So, this would be one of the semifinals. Yeah. Right. The
0: semifinal so on the Mexico side of the bracket, though, right? That's well, so probably the draw
2: happens on Friday. So, we'll find out for sure then.
0: Mm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Snapdragon ain't big enough for gold cup semifinal it, it ain't i mean it's a new stadium and uh you know we're all going to try to get tickets but that stadium is not big enough for that game
1: yeah i mean who knows maybe it'll be the u.s side we'll see if
2: it is yeah, the U.S., it, i think that's a perfect venue and size for a u.s match but mexico will be uh chicho and i
0: i'm just thinking about how hard it's going to be to get to us or mexico it's going to be it's going to suck trying to get tickets and I think right. Snapdragon goes through Ticketmaster, right? We all went through this with, Rexham, uh, Rexham yes. and, yeah. Liber- uh, and uh, Manchester, the the other Manchester it's team.
1: Dynamic pricing.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm just, I'm. You know what? I was told that I'm too negative, so I'm going to not. <laughs> well, on the negative. Well, God, Ticketmaster sucks so bad. Uh,
2: yeah, I agree. Uh, I also have heard rumors of another European team. Potentially coming in the summertime.
0: A bunch of them are coming.
2: Yeah. I I haven't heard which in particular might be playing at Snapdragon, but I don't think it's a Premier League team. And I think that's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah. I, there seems to be like it's now that Snapdragon has been built, it seems like we are we are likely moving forward to get our share potentially of some summer soccer, summer European, maybe South African, right? We and South American, yeah. But
0: they're they're finally like, starting uh, to realize the, the the soccer market here, and you know, you see the attendance at wave matches, you see the enthusiasm at, at loyal matches, and it's just like, okay, like we need to get stuff happening here. Are you saying that San Diego's soccer city? city? <laughs> mm, I mean. It it's a soccer city, uh, you know what uh, you reminded me. I still I actually still have this. Uh, this <laughs> I got this from <laughs> the uh, Voice of San Diego Politifest, whatever year that was. Right. Um, so I I held on to it because I, I I thought this was. I mean, it's I thought it was clever. <laughs> yeah. T- um, so I guess we should. I, I'm going to have to uh get off the pod at some point
2: uh fairly soon, but I think we wanted to dive into the streaming wars. Yeah, uh, I was watching a, a previous episode of the lounge, and I, 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 I you had a pretty spicy take on uh, Ted Lasso, comparing it to the Nickelback of TV
0: shows. Yeah, I said they're the nickelback of TV shows, yeah. Like wow. m- strangely popular despite being terrible.
2: Okay. Uh that's an interesting I mean, I don't know how many Grammys Nickelback won, but uh had last Oh yeah, Emmys. So that They got they won
0: an Emmy for best comedy, which is crazy
2: yeah. cuz it's not funny. It's not a funny show.
0: <laughs> it's not funny. I mean, I mean it's 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 amusing, you know, it's an amusing show, but it ain't it ain't curb your enthusiasm. It it won over it won over like very like funny shows um which I feel like it won for other reasons other than being like the funniest show because it's not funny. You watch that Christmas episode, it ain't funny. It it's really uncomfortable. Like it makes you uncomfortable when you watch it and
2: you're like so, uh, you by the way, you said the matchup words because Kirby Enthusiasm is absolutely the funniest show on television ever, period. But it's also makes you feel very uncomfortable at times. And you're like, oh, God, that Larry David, what an asshole. I fucking hate that guy. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. He actually made a point that I agree with. Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> no, I, I identify with Larry. Oh,
2: yeah. Larry, I David,
0: identify with him. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. uh But like when the first season of Ted Lasso came out, It could not have come out at a better time. Obviously, we're deep in the pandemic. We were stuck in our homes. It was graded on a curve. Exactly. It was graded on a curve. Yeah. yeah. Because we were all depressed and sad. And it was
0: 2020 and things were terrible. There were, you know, uh social unrest. There were uprisings. There was uh police violence. There was uh these the rise of these hate groups and these people marching through streets. And, and like, there was a lot of negative things going around. Right. So, you know, a, 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 a saccharine kind of, uh, a melodramatic uh, pseudo comedy show with a, a folksy uh, Mary Sue or a male version of a Mary Sue character, you know, was very appealing. You know, uh, Mary Sue is a device in literature. It's like a character with no flaws. Right. Um, and so, you know, they got some criticism for that. In season two, they decided to, like, shoehorn some some flaws into Ted so that he wasn't such a, a one-dimensional uh, character. But, um, yeah, I, that, I think I, I'm, these are the issues that I have with with the show. I wish it was more about soccer than it was about um, his folksiness. If it was, like like, actually, like, about soccer, I think it would be a better show.
2: So, and I think the soccer elements are the the thing that either you either love or hate. So, like my mother in law will never watch soccer. My my wife will hardly like. She's like, oh, is there soccer? Uh, yeah, not that interested. Um, I think what the story of the fish out of water coming to a place where he knows nothing about, and you know he's struggling with his mental health. He's uh, very vulnerable. He's just a person that you kind of. For me, anyway, I like identify. Like, there's times when I'm at work and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Should I know what I'm doing? (laughs) I'm just gonna do my best, and as long as like my boss likes me, that's all that matters. And so that's kind of what I like. I connected with Ted, and I understand like, you know, when when they beat Everton, I I was like, I I should feel something, but I don't because I I want (laughs) this team. To succeed. I want them to, like, stay up. I want them to be able to keep going. And again, the soccer is very basic. It's, it's, it's basically, it's just a a means to an end. We just, it's a workplace comedy. The workplace just happens to be on a soccer pitch. And for me, anyway, it just, it works because I like all the characters, you know? I like Danny Trejo. I like any of the, like, you know... You don't think
0: he's a little bit of a racist caricature? Like, you don't think when they introduced him, it was a little bit, a little racist? Like, him running around in the soccer field, like a... I mean, in a manner that none of the other players do?
2: I just love his enthusiasm, and I, I think that's what I connected with, is that he was somebody so different from you know, Roy Kent or Jamie Tart or any of the other English stars that he was like, no, I'm just excited to be here. Like, I'm happy because I can do this, you know, and I get to do this for a living. And that's what what, what I loved about him because he he was another outsider from, you know, from the group. And then obviously this season, we have a, a new character, Zava, which I think is actually really fun to kind of see, somebody that's even better than the other players on the team and that is elevating them to another level. Cause I'm in many ways, I kind of feel like <laughs> this, feels really weird, but Kyle Vassell was kind of like our Zava and like, man, when, when we were rolling, Kyle was rolling. And when Kyle was out or whatever, Oh man, it was sometimes a kind of a tough watch. And so like, like that was the way I was kind of like viewing it as like, Oh my gosh, Zava, like can you imagine if we had a zava you know what is our what is what is it going to take to get the uh, usl is it Damus? is or our zava or like i don't know what is what is the usl version of zava
0: well i mean Moose is better because he's he exists he's real um and <laughs> he scores real goals but yeah i mean i don't know i haven't watched this season uh, my kid made me watch the first episode and uh laughed at me because I was squirming and angry because he basically twisted my we have a, a, a weird family dynamic where he he is my bully and part of his process of bullying me is making me watch that show <laughs> well, well, watch uh, the, the other night
2: like actually, knowing I, how much I, I hate that show <laughs> I witnessed this in person because there was a, a whole discussion about socks on the bus <laughs> oh gosh
0: yeah <laughs> he still he, he, he quits st- well what i had to do is i had to start doing like the sock laundry like like i separate the socks now because my wife she doesn't care oh, this is a sock, sock like, and he would also take mine but we're we're moving beyond that now we moved on <laughs> yes yes i've i've solved that problem i've moved on to new ones uh, but yeah I, I i don't i mean and also like there was uh, uh the like he laid down behind his wife's car, like when she was leaving him, <laughs> she was making her 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 salad dressing for for another man. <laughs> but the this is the real life guy the uh, whatever Jason Sudeikis right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh at his misfortune, but I don't know. It a lot of this things just. When I the the glue on mustache and I'm just like I just I don't know and it also takes me back to 2020. It feels like a 2020 show. It feels like a pandemic show, right? And like I feel like as we go on from 2020, a lot of I don't know how much of the art and the media that thrived in 2020 is going to age well. Uh, Joe Exotic not going to age well. Uh, I, I don't think Ted Lasso will age well. I don't think, um, I mean, Bo Burnham, I think uh, it, Bo Burnham's inside. I thought it was brilliant, um, but I think it's, I don't know. I don't think it'll age well. Like, I think it's 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 always going to be like in that, you, if you live through the pandemic, right? Like, you're never going to be able to separate these, these m- pieces of media from, your mindset during the pandemic, right? And like, you now maybe people who are, don't remember it, you know, 20 years down the road, they come back to this stuff. Who knows what they're going to think about it. But I, I feel like there's, it's such a specific and intense uh, aura around 2020 and, and the stuff that we were listening to and watching that um, it's, it's, the further we get from it, it's going to be tough to like, hang on to.
2: Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I was so worried about Kirby Enthusiasm having an episode about being in the pandemic. And they pretty much just, like, said, yep, that sucked. So we're about out now. And we're not having to worry about that anymore. We don't have to do masks or anything else like that. And I don't know that I want to see entertainment that takes place during 2020 and all that mm-hmm. happens there. Um, but what I really gravitated towards, um, Ted Lasso, was just the positivity. It was just... it. Always. Felt oh yeah. Like, yeah. It just, it felt like no matter how bad things were, he saw the bright side. Right. And I think we needed that. And maybe we still need that. I, I think we still need that. Like there's still yeah. happening all, all over the world.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why I hate the show so much is how positive it Because <laughs> is. You're a negative person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm cynical and, 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 and yeah, I, I, I I don't know like if like just unflinching positivity in the face of like, you know, police brutality and, and global warming and rising fascism is, is like I don't think that's the way to to, to meet problems. And I don't know. I, I feel like there's a there's this uh, just a uh, it just rings so false to me. I, don't, I mean, that's I think that's kind of I mean, I don't need i don't mean i I mean to like try to sit here and like psychoanalyze that stuff but um you mentioned the positivity and like that kind of like oh yeah maybe that's partly why i don't like it because i don't, I
2: don't like positivity <laughs> Andrew, i'm gonna give you the biggest hug in 109 when we, when we get together next no so i mean here's the thing again um i i, I think tad Las, lasso's um strengths are Uh, shining a light on mental health. And I don't know if you've watched Shrinking at all. It's also on Apple Plus TV or TV Plus, whatever the angle there is. But um, I I think there's something to be said about being able to say it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to be have negative thoughts in a world that's surrounded by positivity. And that's... You know,
0: people were saying that to Nathan Fletcher and look what he did. He took advantage of all of this (laughs) goodwill towards mental health. I'm sorry to
2: bring up. I'm. You know well, what? <laughs> apparently, there's some uh, an opening in MTS, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. But so you know, let me I, I, go ahead, John.
1: Well, I, I was going to kind of change the direction just slightly here. So if you have a comment, go ahead first, and then.
0: Well, I was going to say I really like um, the guy. Uh, the guy that plays Coach Beard, he guest hosted with Raj on uh, Men and Blazers. Mm-hmm. Um, in the lead up to the World Cup, they did like a little series, and he is uh, very funny and very interesting. He has a lot of soccer knowledge. He's a longtime U.S. supporter, and he just knows all U.S. national team soccer. Like he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of it. A uh, longtime like soccer guy, and he's very funny on that uh, podcast series. Uh, the series he was on with in Men and Blazers. So. If you want to, like, listen to the guy that plays Coach Beard, like, his real self, like, talking about soccer, super interesting and super engaging. I really liked him.
1: All right. What what I was going to say, and this kind of what you just said will help segue a little bit, but we've spent a bunch of the show talking about Wrexham and then about Ted Lasso. And I'll go with you first, Ken. What do you think is possibly the bigger implication in terms of our soccer culture in this country, in terms of maybe viewership or numbers or people supporting their local team. Like, do they have any effect? Will they have any effect? Because clearly the the Wrexham team, even though that's a reality show, but it's brought to us by, you know, some big stars, you know, their, their investment in the team, There, there is that whole separate story that has made people aware of Wrexham that would have never ever followed a team in the national league. And then we have Ted Lasso also, which like you said is a workplace comedy. um, But it's takes place within the promotion relegation of soccer. You know, it's, it's a soccer club and we've had A lot of people watch Ted Lasso. We have a lot of people watch Welcome to Wrexham. People like in my own household who are not soccer fans who watch both of those things. How do you think that might in the long run affect soccer culture in the United
0: States?
2: Well, so I mean, really the big date on everybody's calendar is 2026 in the World Cup.
0: Yeah, we're already seeing
2: it. Right. Yeah. So what is the show that's going to... Make people most excited about soccer. It's a show that's really not that much about soccer, and it's Ted Lasso. Again, I love the story of Wrexham, but it's a much smaller audience. Whereas I feel like a lot of people are subscribed. Well,
0: what are the subscriber numbers? Hulu versus uh, whatever. What what's the other one? Apple
2: TV. Yeah, uh, so I mean,
0: Hulu, a lot of people have Hulu, right? Sure,
2: yeah, it's part of my bundle, but. I feel like there's a lot of people that are only subscribed to Apple TV because of Ted Lasso. Whereas mm. I don't think uh, like to me on Hulu, I'm there for severance, but yeah. you do you <laughs> No, severance is a fantastic show, but I will say this, uh, that I don't think welcome to Wrexham is even the third best show on Hulu. I think Atlanta is the best show on, on Hulu. Mm. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, I, I think, yeah, uh, Ted Lasso is the more uh, pop culture-y, like nobody is uh, going uh, trick-or-treating in a Wrexham costume, right? So like, I think Ted Lasso is the more pop culture-identifying character. Um, I, do, I do worry that casual people watching Ted Lasso would get turned off of soccer because the show is so off-putting, but um, I wanted to make sure I I, I i'm sorry i did not have the chat open so i, I know people <laughs> were reacting like i'm just like running my mouth and people are asking questions and I, i'm very sorry that I didn't have the the chat open but um i i do now so I, I i jerry uh jerry does not find the the danny uh the danny character racist um which uh you know i'm not i'm not mexican so i mean i'm I'm not. I, I'm not the one that says this is that or that is that or whatever. But, um, yeah,
2: uh. I saw Dylan's comment. Uh, I did not watch Tiger King at all. I am not part of anything that involves animal abuse. So I'm. I checked out of that once I heard what it was about. I'm like, yep, that's not for me, and that's okay. If it was, and that's what you needed to get through, but that's just. It just did not speak to my condition.
0: I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I watched it. I watched every episode, and then I think I watched the. They they came up with another one because there were some updates. Oh yeah, I watched. I watched it all. I love, I love uh white trash. It's like I mean I'm my those are my people. Like so <laughs> enjoy, uh I enjoy the uh the unironic mullet. You know demographic there. Yeah.
1: So what what about this comment, the
0: one I have on the screen wow yeah you know the thing is i i just don't the thing is is the the one thing you can't overcome is like the almighty dollar right and all of the money is in uh an american sports uh industry industry right this professional sports is its own industry in the united states and it it precludes anything like pro-rel right like these these CEO these business school these 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 Harvard business dudes like they do not think like this that they, they it just it just cannot it's it, it just not the way that American business works not the way sports in the United States works and uh, to suggest that you share or that you uh, gamble your financial position to make the game better is not something that uh franchise owners in the united states are i don't think they're going to be willing to do like you know if if the cincinnati reds could be relegated they'd be relegated but they're never going down to triple a and they're and the, the oakland a's could be relegated they they would be i mean they the loyal draw more people than the oakland a's right but they have no incentive to uh, to do anything with their team because they're guaranteed their spot in their league. They're making money no matter what with the revenue sharing. So why spend it on players when I can just put it in my pocket? And that is that's America. That's that's American capitalism. That's American sports. And that's there's no way that any of these owners that would own these teams that would be in this pro rel pyramid are going to gamble their financial position just because it makes the game better. They don't give a shit about the game.
2: So when I close my eyes and I think, what is the perfect world? I think about what would happen if the MLS and the USL merged and they had one super league, whereas the top teams would be, you know, in this level and then the bottom teams could push their way up. And I would love that. Like to me, that's like, that's the dream. That's the, AFL-NFL merger. That's the way that like would be amazing if there was a way somehow. The only thing is, well, could an MLS team play at Torero Stadium? No. We'd have to play at Snapdragon. And then can a USL team draw enough fans to make any kind of money at Snapdragon? That's the million-dollar question.
0: Well, if we were playing for promotion, they would. I mean... Wrexham plays in a league not as competitive as USL. And you look at their stadium, look at what they draw. Look at what, look at what the second division and third division teams in the EFL. Look at their stadiums. Look at what they draw. Look at where Sunderland plays. Look at how much, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we all as like soccer fans know that is possible, but you know, um, Dylan, Dylan, is, Dylan says the MLS isn't in charge of it, and that's true. It's U.S. soccer, but if we've learned anything about the business of soccer, I'm assuming we all watch the, the FIFA documentary. Um, these U.S. soccer, all these people are all, I, I don't know. I don't want to say anybody is one way or another. Nobody's been charged with anything, <laughs> but I, I don't have a lot of optimism for the interest of the fans and, and what's good for the game to, to prevail. Uh, and I'm just, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but do either of you think that there's a chance? Uh,
1: I do. I think things are changing. It's now, th- 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 I think there's two parts of this. One is, do I think pro rel is possible in the U S in some form yes and i think it's coming i think we will see it in usl probably right around the time of the world cup um do i think any owner in mls wants to have that or will they fight it the whole time they'll absolutely fight it and you know i think i don't think in the long term this will necessarily work but you could potentially have the closed league of MLS. And if everybody else was to work together or U.S. soccer said, great, we'll do pro-rail with everybody else. MLS, do your own thing.
0: I'm ready that for the USL a... to be the first division. I'm ready for it. I'm here yeah, for that. Well,
1: I know that there are some people within groups in USL that would like to see that. And I know there are some groups within the USL that are happy with their station, right? They're happy to be the AAA version of soccer so I think those are even internal conversations that are happening among the USL and it's do do I see it as a potential of happening yes I I agree with what Dylan says I think this Wrexham show has kind of allowed people to see the the potential of um, promotion I think sometimes people only look at the promotion side and they don't look at the relegation side And I think there is a balance. I mean, it certainly can be devastating to a club to be relegated. Look at Black. I also think there's a change in our country a little bit. I hear more and more people talking about basketball and baseball and this idea of promotion relegation and like, why? Why do we have some of these teams and these owners sitting around? I think there's starting to be a bigger and bigger conversation not a push but a conversation people talking about it who are never talking about it before I ho- you know i hope I, that I, sustains
0: but i think one of the things is that in in europe these clubs are like part of the community some of them started from like mills or like industry or, or, or like just the neighborhood literally the neighborhood team like, its roots are community-based, whereas the teams in the U.S. are, like, private property, right? Like, it's That's... it's not... We don't have that grassroots, organic kind of uh, base that, that undergirds the English system because, like, you saw what happened with Super League. Like, that was not about to happen, and those fans rose up, and they stopped it. Um, in the U.S., An upright a fan uprising like that would they wouldn't care. They'd do whatever (laughs) do what they want. They're gonna do it anyway.
1: I I think we're seeing that a little bit in a very different way with LA Galaxy right now. Right? Mm. We got fans boycotting and you know, we'll we'll see how long the fans hold out, but I all everything I'm seeing from the team standpoint is we'll just ride this out. Like we're still, we're, we're making money and we're doing things. Yeah. It's not a good look, but yeah, we'll ride it out. And I think, I think that is a problem. I I think that fundamentally is a problem with the way we do sports and ownership structure.
0: Oh yeah. I like the, 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 I thought, I thought the, the 2000 film basketball made a lot of great points about, about sports in America. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's a a deep cut for you, Ken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, so I really think what it comes down to is uh, you just need people to give a shit about your sport. And right now, unfortunately, soccer is not in the give a shit for the American people because they want football. They want NBA. They want baseball. Those are the primary sports that people give a shit about. You know the the U.S. Women's National Team played Ireland and, and friendly, and was on HBO Max. How many people showed watched that compared to the Lakers play-in game against Minnesota?
0: Well, that game was on TV. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's the the thing is is that it's it's and, and this is. The, Soccer is always in this position where it's like uh, it's growing. It's always growing. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Right. Like, but it never it hasn't risen to that level of those leagues that you mentioned um, or even NHL, which is like kind of the fourth uh pro league. Right. But all of that comes, it, we're in this weird f- flux uh, in time right now. Right. Because the thing that, Made those leagues grow the way that they did was uh, TV deals, right? So in the 1940s, boxing is the biggest sport in the United States, yeah, right. The NFL didn't exist, right? Um, uh, NBA was uh, you know on tape delay in the early 80s uh, for the NBA Finals, right? You couldn't even watch it live, um, but you know you get Jordan comes in, you get uh, Magic Bird. You get some storylines, you get, you get a TV deal, things take off. I, I think the NFL, I remember when they signed, uh, I was just a kid, but I was a, a dork and I watched the news all the time. Uh, but they signed a, a deal with Fox. I remember when the NFL signed its deal with Fox in the early 90s. And it was, like a, huge, it was a big deal. It was like the biggest deal at the, at the time. And it really propelled the NFL to what it is now. Because when I was a kid, the NFL was popular. But it's it wasn't like it. It's not like it is right now. It wasn't all encompassing. It wasn't ESPN. Twenty. I mean, I was eating lunch the other day, and there was a TV on where I was at on ESPN, and it was like football, uh, uh, football day in America or whatever. And it's 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 March, bro. Like it's March, and you've got uh, uh, you're having NFL shows. So, anyway, I, I think my point is that those sports had certain advantages and, and that doesn't exist anymore because you don't have a, an audience that is just watching broadcast TV or cable TV like before. And so soccer's trying to find its streaming thing they're, they're trying to find this, the, these platforms. Uh, and it's just going to take, uh, if they get there, they're going to have to go a different route because those routes that those leagues took uh, kind of don't exist anymore.
1: Right, well, I I do not want to extend this because I know where we're going getting ready to wrap up but i do want to maybe put on the table for next time because today was the launch of the goazo network 24 hour station very interesting a lot of the things that they're doing and could be a huge game changer so again i'm just going to table that one and throw it out there
0: but i want to
1: i want to talk about that on the next uh, the next time we get in the lounge
0: and see, what I some, heard it. I, I watched the in. city game because uh, um, I don't know if you saw this, but Man City beat Bar Munich 3 nothing. Just a dominant, crushing performance um, by uh, a, a screaming, uh, just an incredible goal by Rodri. Um, Harlan scored, and uh, Bernardo Silva, I think, also scored. Just uh, incredible, incredible goal. Uh, but anyway, yes, they won. Um, in this broadcast it was mentioned that uh golazo was starting cuz uh paramount plus has uh champions league i haven't seen it yet i haven't watched any show yet I, I but you just reminded me that i need to and um yeah that would definitely be interesting to to come back and and report on what is is it any good i mean it's a lot of I did, time to film. i
1: think it's going to be a game changer <clears throat>
2: So I'll we'll give it
1: a week. I'll we give it a week thought, and come back and talk about it. Yeah, All I right. follow
2: twitter account i I uh, am a Paramount plus subscriber mostly for Star Trek, but also the wave and NWSL. Um, and of, oftentimes there's a championship match or something that I, I am interested in. so it's like kind of nice to have that soccer option in my in my repertoire of too many streaming services and cable and everything else. so yeah. All right. Well, I know it's 9.55. We're trying to get out. Um,
0: I, I do want to do, throw out just a random toss-up question to Ken because we are we were talking streaming. We didn't get to it. Uh, I have not watched a single
2: episode this season. Uh, Mandalorian, good or bad this year? All right. So as somebody that's really enjoyed the animated Clone Wars and Rebels, this is an incredible season for *Mandalorian*. Nope. And so it's bad. That For my <laughs> wife, who loves Lizzo, she loved last week's episode. Spoiler alert. Um, for the casual viewer, probably not that interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and reveal my age. I'm 48 years old. I actually saw all three of the Star Wars movies in order in the theaters. Those movies mean more to me than life itself in some ways. Um, I was incredibly disappointed and crushed by the prequels, but only because of expectations that could never have been met. And then the Clone Wars redeemed them, and to the point that 1999 Ken is very angry at 2023 Ken, because he's about to make the hot take that Phantom Menace is the best prequel. And it kind of gave me a point where I actually enjoyed the sequels on a level because my little nephews love the prequels so much that I could see that through their eyes. I'm like, Hey, this is their star Wars. And I can enjoy this when I only had three movies and that was it. Oh wait, we had the Ewoks and droids animated series. Please don't watch them on Disney plus. They're awful. And then there was the Ewok adventure. It was a live action, awful made for TV movie on NBC. Awful don't watch it it's all disney plus uh, but again it's one of those things where it's like to have this much star trek or star wars coming at me and being able to like enjoy it for what it is i can go back to that first time of seeing the star destroyer coming over the screen and just that awe and i can just enjoy it so i have my alarm set for 6 a.m tomorrow to watch the Mandalorians uh, episode seven, I can't wait. Is it good? Sure. I enjoy it. It's not, it it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be Andor. Andor is a a fantastic show, but if every Star Wars show was like Andor, I'd have so much anxiety. I'd I'd need to be on medication because it's- So yeah,
0: you know, I, I think the issue with, with Mandalorian is the first two seasons were so strong and uh, i mean there it was kind of a little bit of a episode of the week to it uh, more so than other shows that we're used to nowadays but uh i think the way that season two ended was kind of perfect and like you don't really need to you don't need anymore right but i mean it is disney it's the mouse it's the money machine uh i have not watched this season so i can't critique it the only thing that i saw was on twitter because people were roasting the hell out of it was the jack Black lizzo scene and their wooden performances and just the ridiculous like knighting uh in a, a culture that has no reason to have nights i mean just very strange uh wooden performances bad dialogue uh,
2: hey, um if you were friends with dave Filoni and he's like hey andrew do you want to be in an episode of a star wars project would you not say hell fucking yeah? Oh, I don't
0: I don't fault anybody for yeah, taking yeah. the check. I don't I mean I don't fault anybody. I think it's just
2: like, hey, I've got kids. I yeah, want to yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, I'm in Star yeah. Wars.
0: Yeah. I, and I did like uh the Andor series. I have not watched no, I also I think I watched the Obi-Wan one two. am really just like I've just been like I'm so tired of Marvel. I'm so tired of Star Wars. I'm so tired of these. IP franchises like God damn give me something new I'm actually watching uh, beef now Which I've only seen the first episode But it's really I I like That I'm just like give me something Different like enough of the Fucking superheroes and the lightsabers Like I just want something New like everything Is 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 IP uh, IP Franchise now and uh, I think I'm just fatigued with that so I Just look at this like Super critically like I, I physically can't Enjoy things anymore <laughs> But I do uh, I did grow up with uh, Like you like with the Star Wars Films on VHS and uh, uh, The George Lucas CGI butt fest when he released them ahead of The, the, tri- the, the new trilogy um,
2: Does uh, your son you know, like them?
0: Nah he doesn't care I mean he like he likes okay my kid liked playing uh Battlefront he liked Battlefront like he was smoking fools in Battlefront Battlefront 2 like forget it that's where he's at he's not he doesn't he can't sit down he won't watch a whole movie but um you know the acting has always been a little wooden and bad in these films and um the I think the 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 trilogy the, the prequel trilogy was some of the worst (laughs) performances of, of all of that. And uh, if you're grading it on that curve, then it might be a little unfair because these are movies for children. And you kind of have to remind yourself of that every now and then Um, the, and the fandom, the toxicity around the fandom is off putting Uh, the, the ubiquitousness that these things are just everywhere. Like it's not geeky to like star Wars because like, everybody likes star Wars. Like it's as mainstream as it gets, you know, um, so there's a, a whole cultural aspect to like these things that I remember being geeky and niche and like for, or, or like part of a, a subculture, right. With these conventions and stuff, watching everything that used to be just a hobby, comic books, I used to cut comics, all that stuff, watching it all become the culture is very strange to me. It, it's, it's not, geek culture or nerd culture it's just the culture you go to comic-con and it's like y- you want to vomit because it's like oh my god there's a 50 foot tall transformer inflatable transformer in the parking lot like they, you know they're just repackaging our, our childhoods and selling it back to us so that, that's <laughs> i know john is John wanting I, to uh, tap out i think at this yeah,
2: point john, are you a star wars fan or
1: i am yes
2: yeah um, but not
1: it's... not a Red the Trucker Star Wars fan. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not to your level of greatness.
2: Original trilogy, prequel trilogy, sequel, or?
1: Oh, well, I mean, kind of like you guys, my age, I was in fourth grade when um, the original Star Wars came out. So I saw them all in the theater and waited in the lines and being a kid and all the excitement, you know, being in elementary school through high school between the three movies and um, yeah, lo- loved them. And they were so different. The, the theater experience of seeing the original star Wars and, you know, we don't have the giant theaters anymore, but seeing it in a giant theater with more than a thousand people. And, and just like you said, the opening shot of the death star coming over, it was, like nothing I had ever seen in my life. And it had a huge impact. And again, you know, as someone who likes to do video, I think that was something that really piqued my interest in video. Like, I think for people who are a little bit younger than me, Jurassic Park might have for other people. You know, the special effects were amazing. And uh, yeah, I always have a soft spot in my heart for those. Didn't really like the prequel trilogies enjoyed a couple of the the last three that were done um but I think I also enjoyed them for what they I was able to just sit back and enjoy them for what they were you know and frankly episode seven I guess it would be was basically episode four it was just funny how they were very similar in storytelling but I, I think also as I get older I'm less critical about some of those things and just enjoy them for what they are
2: well, andrew this is your future where we are going to be less cynical in the future uh. <laughs> I, let's honestly, in 1999 i could not have hated the phantom menace more i was so yeah. angry i wanted to like oh bro i saw an opening day man same yeah and i was just i was so like i felt betrayed i felt like everything and then i realized like none of this really fucking matters it's a Star Wars movie. This is a Star Wars movie that you've been waiting for for so long that no matter how it was written or how it was acted, it would there were never going to meet your expectations because you had basically decades of expectations waiting for that. You had playing in the backyard with your best friend of like what would happen, you know, how did this all happen? And it could never have been as good as what you you had in your head. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Uh I I never I, saw, I didn't see them in the theaters. I was uh too young. Uh I was born in 79, so I missed all of them in the theaters. Um but it was still like I was more in like the hand-me-down Star Wars toy age. Like I had a lot of hand-me-down Star Wars toys. None of them they, they were pretty much out of stores by the time I was like that prime toy age. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's it's uh, it, it's just the way that like the whole industry works nowadays of just like reaching back into you know the the dominant econo- like the dominant consumer demographics, childhood, and like bringing that stuff back. So like in ten years, you're going to see a bunch of stuff for uh, people who you know were kids in the the mid '90s and early 2000s and, and then that's going to be the dominant culture because they're going to be that demographic it's just just this cycle of uh regurgitating uh they just so released
2: two screen movies in the last year or so. right
0: <laughs> there you go there you go and then netflix has these shows and i i used to watch them and then i'm like you know what i'm, I'm not going to play this game with netflix anymore but like the movies that made us the toys that made us like just pieces of content that are Kind of interesting, like, but like it really is literally just TV shows about this crap you were playing with when you were six. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it is ten oh seven. Um a little bit late for me. I'm gonna have to jump off the stream. Are we all ready to wrap up?
2: Yeah, I yeah, I, I think people. we're ready to wrap. I got to go see Ted Lasso. So uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, uh, Ken, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, red, the trucker. Also, I'm going to do a shameless self-promotion. I put this out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to basically spread the love of uh, the loyal and I'm trying to bring somebody new in to every match. And so I'm three for three right now. I brought a friend, Darren, a friend of Michelle, and I brought a friend uh, Mary last week. And so I'm really trying to get somebody new. So if you know somebody that really wants to come to Loyal, that has never been, that doesn't want to pay the money, like, let me know. I am willing to pay. Uh, I will send an, uh, you know, uh, 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 send an email to Zach saying, hey, I need another ticket of 109. Please let me find more people to bring to spread the love, to to share the joy that is 109 and the loyal to more people. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, find me on Red the Trucker at uh, Twitter or Instagram and send me a direct message, and I will make sure that you come out to the next match, which is uh, a week from Sunday. Are you offering to buy beer as well, or is this just... (laughs) You know what? Uh, whatever it takes, so you, you heard tell. it me here, folks. Appreciate in the DMs.
0: He will buy you a ticket. Yeah, yeah. He will buy your beer. Uh, he will get you the uh, the lemonade. Anything
2: you want in Torero on Ken. You've heard it here. You can subscribe to my OnlyFans for free, fifty percent <laughs> off all the key pictures you could ever want.
0: <laughs> awesome, uh, John. Where can people find you?
1: Um. You can find me at John Cross on Discord. And I just want to quickly say to Ken, Ken, I think that's awesome what you're doing anyway. I know you started doing that, and I think um, you know, I have two season tickets and sometimes I'm there on a media credential, so I do give up my season tickets to some other people, or maybe do a transaction there on the Discord and I might uh see if i can match what you're doing and try to try to see if we can get some people get some new blood in 109 as well so you got me thinking about that as well
0: on my tickets and beer on john and ken what a deal (laughs) if you stayed to the end of the lounge you are
2: wrong with you or like yeah
0: listen free tickets free beer lemonade it's a it's total package hit these guys up uh we're all on on the Uh, You don't have to be uh, a paid member of the locals to access the discord. Um, Free members also get access. So if you're not a member, join, get in the discord, join these conversations. They happen uh, 24 seven. Check out um, our other bum TV uh, media products. You will uh, find the bums breakdown tactical show uh, on your feeds tomorrow. Um, and uh, keep an eye out for the interview show, which will be returning um, after this week. Uh, I'm Andrew Dyer. Find me on Twitter at Andrew P. Dyer, and uh, thanks for uh, spending time with us. We'll see you all next week.